Yeah. Well, Jack's Jack's ready whenever. All good. Jack's ready whenever. <laughs> Tell me seriously. You can go to the ER if you have a cactus in your ass. <laughs> like I will. Like I know. I know it's scary, but you should seek medical attention. Jack's Jack's ready whenever. <laughs> Justin. Justin, I was five minutes late, and Tommy's livid. Whoa, I haven't said a, a, a single word. Five I'm just, minutes. I'm making, I'm, I'm making sure our producers know you're ready whenever. Five minutes late, and I was, and he's furious. And he was a ha- he held us up for an hour and a half last week with his, with his Three Stooges act. I have yet to say a bad word against Jack. I am merely letting our producers know. This is the narrative we're spinning now. Sensitive Jack. Let's all steer around him. I showed up five minutes late to the podcast and Tommy's drilling into me. How is this the narrative? How is this the narrative? Let's not piss off sensitive Jack. I I have yet to drill into you. Anna and Justin, Jack is ready whenever. He's yes. waiting on us. So whenever you guys are good to go, he's good to go. The, okay. I'll never text again ahead of time saying I can start earlier. Never, never will I ever. You maniac. Justin, make that the intro. Hello, everybody. And welcome in to the Let's Talk Fantasy Football Podcast. I am coming to you live from Tucson, Arizona. Jack is coming to you live from Miami, Florida. And our producers are comfortably in the Chicago suburbs. We have officially taken over the entire United States. We've done it from the West Coast. We've done it from the Southwest. We've done it from the Midwest. And now we do it from Miami, Florida. The very, very southeast part of the United States. Jack, how's it going? Honestly, if anyone has the contact information for Guinness Book of World Records, we'd like to make a submission for the most nationally representative podcast in the country. I think at this point we've been to every city. Um, and I'm just excited to be a part of something that takes the people of the country so seriously. Um, happy to be in Miami. The fans here are crazy. I don't know if you can hear them, Tommy, on your end. Uh, Justin's doing a lot of work on the noise canceling in pro- post-production, so you might might not be able to hear him on the podcast, but oh my gosh, drowning noises coming from the crowds. Uh, Tommy, let's just, let's get started with this week. I'm going to, I'm going to keep my mic, my mic on mute while you're talking as much as I can, because it is just a madhouse here. Yeah, Jake, I can barely think when you do not have your mic muted over there, so that would be greatly appreciated. Wow, that is deafening. I can barely hear you on my end, but, you know, we will we will power through. I, I guess maybe, I don't know, see if you can get one of your team members to try and go out there and quiet the crowd down a little bit. That'd be super helpful. I know they're excited that you're there, but really it would be helpful for, for our production quality if... Uh, if they could quiet down. So we'll see if we can get on that. Jake, I'm going to jump right into it. Another week in the books. We've got 
the Monday night game currently happening almost through the third quarter. A couple of matchups still technically up in the air, but it does seem like whatever is true now will remain true when this game is over. I think you're going to end up beating Dad, and I think Kyle's going to end up beating Louie. And outside of that, all the matchups are finished. So, we're eight weeks through. Eight weeks through. We've only got five weeks of the fantasy regular season left after this. Put that on the halfway point, ladies and gentlemen. If you have dots on your wall, start point, halfway point, end point, make sure to put it on the dot that's halfway point because we are halfway through the season. Yeah, man, halfway through, including the playoffs, it's flying by. It always does, but, whew, man. It's shaping up. I, I mean, with with the results this week, the, the playoff picture is becoming clearer. Um, definitely some interesting results this week, and the playoff picture, it's crazy to be talking about it already, but it, teams really got to start thinking about must-win games, really important matchups coming up. It's, it's getting into that time where, boy, uh, you better make a trade if, if you need wins now because you need wins now. Couldn't have said it better myself. In the wise words of our favorite, probably our favorite person on television, Scott Hansen, it is the witching hour. And oh, I could not have said it better myself. It's truly the witching hour. <laughs> um, Jack, I want to get started talking about the matchup that includes through eight weeks officially the most explosive team in our league. I want to talk about Dwell Football versus blah blah blah. Anna. <laughs> The weeks Anna's team has been putting together are truly astounding. She gets another massive week, 19,496. Brian has 9,488 with James Conner still currently going, so hopefully Brian can crack that 10K mark. Uh, After a lucky win for Brian last week, he is going to be pummeled. And he falls to 3-5. Anna, with a very, very big win for her, moves up up to three and five another loss this week would have been uh would have been rough for anna especially with the points that she's been putting up jack at three and five halfway through the season so anna's got three victories between those three victories anna is averaging averaging mind you 19,077 points per win I, you know, I don't have a very big research staff. That's egregious. It's never, it's never, never before seen. It has to be. No one, no one has averaged that, that total over three wins before. No, I would say not. I would say not because 19,000 once in and of itself is extremely rare. So to average 19,000 over the course of three wins is Halfway just... Halfway through the season. It's pretty remarkable. She's got the most explosive team. Uh, she does also have a very volatile team. Uh, her downs are down, and her ups are very much up. But 
she has shown that she's got the firepower to do it. Deshaun Watson, Jack, has been absolutely incredible this year. Another 27-76 for him. DeAndre Hopkins, not many touchdowns this year, but he's been super consistent. Uh, obviously a really high floor. He's got 1640 this week. And Cooper Cup returns to his dominance, 3150. 220 receiving yards. <laughs> it was outrageous. It was an outrageous game. Uh, insane to watch his production on the field. I mean, it's the Bengals, so yeah, that's a that's a fun matchup for him. But you can't expect this moving forward, but you can expect easy wide receiver one numbers from Cooper Cup rest of season. Same thing, of course, with with Yopkins, our favorite boy, DeAndre Hopkins, and DJ Chark. I mean, Anna's got a dangerous one, two, three punch at the wide receiver position. We talked about it a few weeks ago, Jack. And DeAndre Hopkins, now through eight weeks, is the lowest scoring wide receiver that she has of that <laughs> of that main three. Cooper wow. Cup is the number two wide receiver on the season. DJ Chark with getting back on the board this week with a touchdown and seventy nine more yards. He is the wide receiver four on the season. And DeAndre Hopkins, we know at any moment he could go nuclear. I mean, she she has between those three guys. I don't. It's not arguable. At the beginning of the season, I would have said Kyle had a shot to to maybe challenge that, but she's got the best wide receiving core on her team. Yeah, and and when you pair pair that with Deshaun Watson, who you know, I think honestly, when you talk volatility, it comes down to it comes down to those two guys, Watson and and Hopkins. Um, having up and down weeks, you know, Hopkins having two weeks earlier this year with 1,200 points or less. Uh, it's tough to to overcome weeks like that. But honestly, I mean, Watson, he looked incredible. That play he had where he got kicked in the face and with yeah. one eye through a touchdown falling over, uh, escaping the sack. Like, he's just – that was a superhero play. Um and then, of course, Aaron Jones just putting a beat down on the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Huge reason why the Packers got the win there. Todd Gurley, nothing incredible, but another 1,000-point-plus performance. Um, and his team is really solid. I guess the one player I want to ask you about on Anna's team, and then we should move on because we're, we're, we're obsessing over it, but f- for good reason. Um, Tevin Coleman, I mean, he got 36-80 this week. Just an unbelievable monster performance. What are what is your outlook on Tevin Coleman rest of season? Absolutely love him rest of season, dude. This 49ers team is super legit. Their offensive line has been tremendous, just creating the largest of holes for their running backs to run through. He's gonna get, you know, he's gonna be splitting carries, and but at this point, that's fine. All, they're all so explosive that even if they're only getting ten to fifteen touches. With the way that offense moves the ball, with the way that defense has been playing, it's going to be positive game script for Tevin Coleman in most games. Uh, you know, four touchdowns, that's not going to happen again, almost certainly. But you're gonna, I think you're going to find that Tevin Coleman has the, the chance here to have a really solid floor with, with clearly some really, really high upside. Anna now has two separate weeks from two separate running backs that have gotten four touchdowns in one game. Aaron Jones earlier this year against the Cowboys, and now Tevin Coleman against the Panthers. So 
man, like I said, she's got the most explosive team. Uh, it, it hasn't exploded as often as she would have liked through the first eight weeks. There's been some down weeks. Um, and she's really only had two down weeks. Uh, two of her losses were with over 12,000, which the way, with the way scoring has been this year, you don't, you don't expect a win with 12,000, but that's not a bad week. So more often than not, she's having good weeks. And like I said, in her three wins, she's, she's reaching unprecedented numbers. So I'm really happy to see her get a victory and move to three and five because she now is in control of her own destiny. She's sitting at the seven seed. Brian sits at the eight seed with the same record. They're going to be the only two, three, and five teams after eight weeks. I like, I, Anna deserves to make the playoffs. She's, her team is awesome, and this is a, a good start to, to make that happen. So, On Jack, the other side over. of the matchup, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we've said enough about Anna's team, but definitely to point out Deshaun Jackson on her bench, still injured. He's been a big disappointment just with the injury. He looked so promising at the beginning of the season. Um, and then Jordan Howard putting up points on Anna's bench as well. So someone that she could maybe plug in there. Uh, but if one of the running backs that she's she's got slows down, but it looks like her team is super solid, he'll keep riding her bench. I want to start at Brian's bench. Uh, unfortunately, Brian had David Montgomery on his bench. The Bears finally decided to run the ball. Still lost because uh, the kicker curse. But David Montgomery putting up 22-70 on the bench, along with Aaron Rodgers putting up 27-10 on the bench. Uh, unfortunate for Brian to have those two big performances on the bench, but can't blame him too much. He played Russell Wilson against the Falcons, put up only 1568, pretty disappointing, but the Seahawks still got a win. Brandon Cooks getting injured in the game, unfortunately got a goose egg, hard to overcome, especially juxtaposed with Valdez Scantling only putting up 90 points. Disappointing because the Packers put up 31 points. You would hope that Marquez could have gotten a little bit of that juice, but unfortunately he was looked over during the game. Tyree Kill putting up over a thousand. Not the monster performance you want from Tyree Kill, but serviceable nonetheless. Marlon Mack doing what you need with fifteen fifty. But Carlos Hyde with a disappointing performance, only eight thirty. His his uh ceiling has or floor I should say has lowered with Duke Johnson getting a lot of the work in Houston, putting up only three fifty the week before. Um and then, you know, four performances at the beginning of the season with under 1,000. But definitely not the workhorse type of running back you want with work being split. Not great for Brian. He's looking pretty weak at the running back position. But like I said, maybe David Montgomery will be able to plug in there um, consistently moving forward. And then James Conner with 1240 in the flex spot. So all that being said, I mean, I think Brian's team is, is still pretty – pretty solid he moves to three and five so obviously still in the playoff hunt um he's got a pretty respectable point total he's just gotta keep chugging along i mean brian's always a really respectable respectable owner in the league he's got evan ingram who's a stud in the in the tight end slot um and and pretty decent running back so if he can hit the waiver wire and get some more juice at the wide receiver position I think Brian can make a push. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Brian's hit, Brian's another team that I think I don't ask me the numbers on this, but I think there's been some volatility there. Um, anything else that you'd like to say about Brian's team or Anna's team before we move on to the next matchup? I certainly would never ask you for the numbers on anything. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. 
Uh, you really did uh, cover Brian's team well. It's it honestly. I mean, he hasn't had like really really big weeks. His biggest week was on his was. Uh, two weeks ago against Justin, he got 15,000, and then he got 14,890 against Dad. And then it's been, you know, almost 11,000, 12,000, 8,700, 13,600, 10,000, and then now he might not reach 10,000. He's, he's getting close. but So he's actually been – his 3-5 and five record is, is very deserved. He's won when he's – He's won twice with two deserving wins. He got really lucky last week against Greg. And so at 3-5, and five, he really does have uh, a middle-of-the-road team. All I will say is I, I actually do like his running backs. Carlos Hyde, yeah, might not be viable or, like, super consistent. But Marlon Mack, James Conner, and I think David Montgomery is now going to start getting the work that he should have been getting all year long. Really encouraging game from him. So I think those three guys are going to be pretty solid for him. We could do a whole. Sorry to cut you off. We could do a whole podcast on that Bears game, dude. Oh my gosh, we could. So I've been waiting to rant about this all of all all of (laughs) since the game, ever since that game ended. Oh my gosh! Really quick. So Matt Nagy, the Bears get the ball to the twenty yard line, twenty one yard line, on a Mitch Trubisky scramble, with forty three seconds left, and the Chargers call a timeout. So the clock has stopped with 43 seconds left, and the Bears have one timeout. Now, Matt Nagy chooses to kneel the ball, call a timeout with three seconds left, and go for the win. His kicker misses. We all know that. After the game, he doubled down. He backed up his decision and had the audacity to say he didn't even consider any No thought. Option. No thought to do anything but kneel the ball and kick a 41-yard field goal. Zero with thought. With a rookie kicker. Zero thought of throwing the ball Nagy, or running the ball. You, Mitch Trubisky may suck, but you are why the Bears are so bad. I am, I am done with Matt Nagy right now. I He's don't a- like him... He's everything that's bad about Andy Reid without the good parts. With with none of the uh, offensive upside, apparently. He's bad at time management. He's bad at being aggressive with the play calling. He, I couldn't believe when they kneeled it. I couldn't believe it. And for him to, yeah, for him to double down and say there was no thought of that just proves the arrogance. Um, all, all I need to ask you, Jack, is what do you, what do you think – Bill Belichick does in that situation. You think Bill Belichick calls for a kneel down? No, no. And you know, some people, you know, it, that's a tough comparison because it's Tom Brady versus Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, and I get it, I you know. But, but you gotta trust your quarterback enough to hand off the ball to your running back, or just call a play. Just have him, you know, a play action. Uh, run out to the outside, let yes. him throw it away if he wants yes. to. Yes, it's so simple to design a rollout for Mitch Trubisky. As soon as he gets out of the pocket, yeah. if, if the play breaks down, he can launch it wherever he wants. There were 50 the seconds on the clock. You had a minute, you had almost a minute left. And it's a timeout. F- yes, 43 seconds and a timeout. The whole field to play with. I get he's not a great quarterback. 
you trust him to either find a wide open guy or scramble for three, four, five yards, and then you have time to run another quick play or spike the ball, keep the timeout. Try you could have ran three more plays. Yeah. And no, I'm on the exact same page as you. I just wanna, you know, just bias check us. It I did see a tweet that was sort of calling out Bears fans, you know, Matt Nagy won coach of the year last year and now people are calling for his head halfway through this season, you know. What's the I agree. He he's I think Matt Nagy's coaching has looked objectively bad this season, but what happened between last season and this season? The defense isn't as good. That's it. Because the their offense, offense, no, the offense was. I feel like the offense better, was better last year. We're getting, we're going down a rabbit hole that no one wants to talk about. Like we don't know anything about actual game planning oh, for NFL. The, so. Sure, we do. Go Bears! What you are selling us short. All right. Honestly, well, anyways, the Bears. Bears. On to the next matchup, Tommy. Um, also, honestly, let's show some respect. That matchup between Anna and. Um, her opponent, who I'm not going to name because not because I don't remember them, but because they're just that meaningless to me. Um, it's not technically over yet because Brian does have James Conner still playing, so he could drop nine thousand points. So let's not count it out yet. Well, if he drops nine thousand, Brian still loses. So <laughs> okay, moving 10, on. <laughs> uh, Jack, I want to go next. To the matchup of the week, Tucker by versus Fall of Scott. Some would describe this matchup as a true clash of the titans. Scott takes down Justin with a score of 11,100 to Justin's 10,888. Jack, it's been a pretty brutal season for both teams. Um, one of them had to get the victory this week, and it, it ended up being Scott. Another bad week for Scott. Um, he gets 32-20 from Latavius Murray, who has been a beast in the absence of Alvin Kamara, which has been great for Scott. Outside of that, not a whole lot that I'm liking. Kyler Murray only 1,010 after his abysmal fantasy performance last week. Now, I know the Cardinals ran all over the place and ended up winning that game, and that's why he had a bad game. But And New Orleans got a good defense, but that's back-to-back bad weeks from Kyler Murray. Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, and A.J. Brown all get in the 800s. Disappointing weeks from Robinson and Godwin. You're happy with 800 from A.J. Brown. Ty Johnson is not going to be even close to a good carry-on Johnson replacement. Hunter Henry doesn't have a great week. Philip Lindsay gets you 1,000. Uh, hopefully Kamara, now they're on a bye week, I believe, next week. But hopefully Kamara gets back after the bye week. Scott gets to two and six. He's only a game out of the playoffs. Um, oh, amazing with the brutal losses that Scott has had this season that he gets a win with this week because his team was a trash pit this week. I mean, Latavius yeah, Murray yeah. is the only reason his team won. Everyone else sucked pretty much across the board. Uh, Justin's team, on the other hand, also sucked. Uh, Kenny Galladay was his bright spot opposite Latavius Murray. Kenny Galladay got 25-30 for Justin's team. Huge performance. They both got respectable defensive performances. Scott with Seattle and Justin with the Rams, Los Angeles' finest. Um, Tommy, I mean, 
Jamal Williams put up 17-10. We talked about Aaron Jones in the last matchup. What is up with these Packers running backs? What is the outlook of both of these guys rest of season? Is are they both viable fantasy options? Like start them, plug them, plug them in every single week. Jamal Williams may actually be a, a decent flex option for Justin, and I mean, what choice does Justin really have at this point? Uh, he started J.D. McKissick at his running back too, so that's where Justin's team is at right now. Um, I just, I don't know. They're splitting the work, but clearly Aaron Jones is the better running back, and it was a, a really easy, juicy matchup against Kansas City, so I don't want to overreact and say that Jamal Williams is playable every week, but in the right matchups, I think you can you can play him with some confidence. Um, <laughs> Justin's team, Jack, here's, here's the frustrating part is, I mean, Justin wins this matchup if he has Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's the reality of it. Justin wins this matchup easily if he has Patrick Mahomes healthy. So in that aspect, Justin gets really unlucky, and Scott finally has some luck break his way. But this is going to get a lot of negative reaction from the audience. But I, I know, have to I know say what you're, it. I have to say I know what you're going to point to. And, Jake, it's so it's – so... go ahead. Go ahead. Justin would have won his matchup if he had played Emmanuel yeah. Sanders instead of Mohamed Sanu. And yeah. I brought that up before Sanu had even played. I said I was astounded that he had benched Emmanuel Sanders, and that was met with an intense reaction. Um, but to me, it was obvious. I guess you and Louie were a little more on the fence. So talk me through that because I was sort of – taken aback and then to to be yeah. criticized so harshly for being taken aback I thought was I was also taken aback by that so uh tell me where you were coming from it's real easy for you to sit there after Emmanuel Sanders catches a touchdown and say oh yeah you should have played him the reality is both of these players it was a better matchup for Sanders sure the, the weather was not great in Cleveland and that made it a worse matchup for Mohamed Sanu but, Jack, Emmanuel Sanders had a whopping four catches for 25 yards. So don't sit there acting like Emmanuel Sanders was an amazing play this week in his first week with the 49ers, and he ended up having an amazing week. If he doesn't get that early, early touchdown, we're not having this conversation. And so, no, I don't point to that. Yeah, sure, if Emmanuel Sanders had played for Justin instead of Sanu, yes, he would have gotten the victory. But like I said... If Jacoby Brissett doesn't have his worst week of the year, and if he has Patrick Mahomes, he also gets the victory. If Zach Ertz would get his head out of his butt, he would have the victory. If Alshon yeah. Jeffrey could have gotten the hell touchdown, is up he would have had the Ertz. victory. I think defenses are keying in on him more, and the Eagles are just like, well, Dallas Goddard is way easier to get the ball to, so we'll just throw him the ball. Uh, Definitely not yeah. giving you the return on investment uh, no, for the draft No, that's, that's been... That coupled with the Mahomes injury, like that's those are the two really tough spots for Justin right now. I, I, honestly, Freeman has been outside of his ejected week last week. He's gotten over a thousand points. I think five of the last six weeks now, and then his last five full games played, he's reached over a thousand. So he's actually been quite good. Um, yeah, just that. That's you like to point to the Emmanuel Sanders thing. I get it. I personally think I would have played Sanders over Sanu, but 
it's not like it was it was head and shoulders. I mean, hey, the, I've made a lot of bad starts start sit decisions this year. Exactly. So exactly. So I get and, it. And it, Justin, it wasn't Justin's, like a terrible call. Right. And Justin's line of thinking was. I mean, you saw what Antonio Brown's first game with the Patriots was. They force-fed him. They wanted to get him comfortable in the offense. Now, yeah. Sanu is no Antonio Brown, obviously. But I think Justin's thought process was maybe they forced him the ball, you know, a few times early, and maybe I get a touchdown out of it. So I don't I don't point to that as, as why. I don't think that decision. It's easy to say, right, retrospect. Okay, yeah, literally that's the difference right there. But no. 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 You know? Final answer. No. Um, yeah, no. I mean, you're not you're not wrong. So that's what we're here to, uh, you know, discuss. Open discussion. Very, very mature of us. Okay. Tommy, next matchup. Uh, Scott and Justin yeah, c- both have good teams. We'll see who can scrape into the playoffs. Yeah. Now, so they're both two and six. If you had to choose one of them, who would you choose to make the playoffs? Ooh. That's tough. Um, I'm going to go with, oh my gosh. I'm going to go with Justin. I'm going to go with Justin's team. I think that uh, while Scott's team, you know, has had more points, more productivity up to this point, I, I think Patrick McCombs will actually come back sooner than expected, and I think he'll... Get back to form, and I, I do like Sanders' rest of season as the number one option in San Francisco. So I think Justin's wide receivers are extremely solid. Uh, the only worry is that that running back slot, that that RB two, um, that could hold Justin back. So we'll see. But I I think I've got confidence in in Justin's team rest of season, and Scott's cursed. I mean, I, there's no explanation needed beyond that. Yeah, when you factor in the curse aspect, you it certainly makes it more of an uphill battle for Scott. Uh, they both have big matchups next week. Um, Justin's going to be going against Greg, which is great news for Justin. And Scott's going to be going against Dad. Assuming Dad does not beat you, and we'll get to your matchup later, obviously, that's all four two and six teams going up against each other. So really, really big matchups. Um, most likely the loser of Justin versus Greg next week will be eliminated from playoff contention because that the two lowest scoring teams and the loser will have seven losses on the season. Um, so then you're talking about having to completely turn your season around and win the last four, your last four matchups while scoring a large number of points so the odds will not be odds are not in your favor now and they will definitely not be in your favor with another loss so yeah uh lucky win for scott you can count that in the uncursed category and uh hopefully both their teams can turn it around next week all right moving on moving on up let's go to we just talked about greg's team well, we didn't just talk. I just mentioned Greg's team, I should say. He loses again. Dan takes him down, 11,012, to Greg's whopping 9,354. Dan has won five weeks in a row now. He moves to 7-1. and one. Um, New England's defense, they keep doing it. 2,900. 
Drew Brees comes back. That was much needed for Dan. Comes back in a big way against a soft defense. Gets 25-92 against Arizona. Fournette keeps getting the yardage. Fournette only has one rushing touchdown all year. you got to think that regression is coming, which will be great for Dan. Bad news for Dan is that David Johnson doesn't play, and they signed Kenyon Drake. So I know Chase Edmonds also got injured, but I don't really know what to make of this David Johnson thing. And if David Johnson is out long-term, that is a huge hit to take for Dan. Le'Veon Bell still has not gotten it going. I still have high hopes for Le'Veon Bell, but only another 500 points. It has not been good for Le'Veon Bell. Tyler Boyd's fine. Larry Fitzgerald has been abysmal. Uh, you sort of pointed to it either last week or a few weeks ago, and it wasn't this bad, but it's it's been getting bad for Larry Fitzgerald. Um, Dan had Adam Thielen out, but Adam Thielen's supposed to be back, so I still like Adam Thielen and Tyler Boyd, and and DJ Moore is a, is a, a decent uh, wide receiver three slash flex, but at this point, Larry Fitzgerald hasn't proven himself to be playable. Um, Dan still doesn't have a tight end, so his team at seven and one kind of looks pretty vulnerable. But I guess that's only if you assume that eventually New England's going to start not doing this. I don't know. I mean, what's your take? What do you What do you see when you look at Dan's team? Are you because if I'm him, I'm not super confident, especially with the David Johnson injury. I don't see New England's defense slowing down. I mean, they will be... I think it's very realistic that this season ends with the New England Patriots defense being the number one fantasy scorer. Like, that's a possibility. Um, which, I don't know, check the numbers, run your numbers, Tommy, but I don't know if that... Ha- I doubt that's ever happened. I doubt. I'm going to say that's never happened where the defense is the number one scoring fantasy. I mean, they just. <laughs> yeah. I know their schedule has been easy, but they've just been absolutely remarkable. Interested to see how they perform against Baltimore and then a bye week. I think, that, you know, they'll. they'll. Boy, week 15 against the Bengals, week 16 against Buffalo. If Dan makes it into the playoffs and gets to that first round, the the Patriots will lead Dan to a fantasy championship. Wow. Okay. So you're 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 still feeling pretty confident. The bottom line is Dan's seven and one. He is in the playoffs. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. I mean, Dan's in the playoffs. All he needs, in my opinion, is to get through that first round of the playoffs where they play Kansas City, a brutal first round matchup for his defense. But if he can get through that, he's going to win the championship. Okay, mark it down. I wish uh, I wish Dan was here to to witness that. I guess he'll he'll listen to it later. But oh, by the way, we were going to have Dan on the podcast, but uh, he unfortunately is <laughs> coaching tonight. He has got practice with his Tonka Verde uh, Hawks. I don't know if you noticed, but he changed he changed his name team name from the Tank Tanka Verde Hawks to the Tonka Verde Trucks in honor of you. Uh, not fully understanding what the uh, what the team name was there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, Dan's in the playoffs, and I think if he can get healthy, if David Johnson's back for for that those fantasy playoffs, I think Le'Veon Bell will hit his groove. Leonard Fournette will keep it up. And yeah, I, then I think he looks—he's—he's going to be really solid and, and really tough to take out. 
Over to Greg's team. And, Jack, I don't... I hate to harp on it. I really do, but... What else are we supposed to talk about every week? in, In no universe should you be starting Baker Mayfield in New England against New, in- New England in New England, in Foxborough. There's just... He's been bad. And New England's defense has been so good that, Jack, with Baker Mayfield getting 12.56, you are happy with that. I mean, once you make the decision to start Baker Mayfield in this situation, this is like Baker Mayfield's ceiling against the Patriots. You know what I mean? Like, there were... there. I had to have been a half a dozen quarterbacks in free agency that you would rather play than Baker Mayfield in this situation against New England. Daniel Jones against the Giants, or Daniel Jones against the Lions, Derek Carr against Houston, Matt Schaub against the Seahawks, Jameis Winston against the Titans, Ryan Tannehill against the Buccaneers, Matt Moore against the Packers, Mason Rudolph against Miami. Those are all guys I play. I mean, maybe not Matt Schaub against Seattle. Um, I was I was going to say the only person would be I think Mason Rudolph would be the only one I wouldn't have started over Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but you know we don't want to harp on it. But we've been saying it all season. Greg's team. I mean, he's he is dying upon the Browns' throne, and get, he's clearly he's not willing to get off that. Right. I get wanting to stick with it, but. When you're playing Baker Mayfield in New England on a rainy day, I mean, that's just, that's just, it's not a decision you can make. And Nick Chubb actually had a really, really good game. He looked really good and rushed for 131 yards. He also fumbled the ball twice, which is unfortunate. Again, Dawson Knox. Like, I get, I I know Greg probably doesn't pay enough attention to where he would have known that the weather was bad in that Philly Buffalo game. The the wind was really high and and so but like still Dawson Knox has had like one decent week all year. I don't you know, a goose egg is not surprising in that matchup in that weather. So like yeah. D.D. Westbrook I mean, that performance the t- is really the tight end landscape is is thin. So I don't I don't, I won't harp on him too much for the Dawson Knox play, but but definitely I, just go with someone with more upside, you know. Yeah. Go with go to someone with some with some touchdown upside, a Darren Fells or, you know, not that he like again he's not going to pick up Johnu Smith because he doesn't. I, I, he's probably not paying attention late in the week when. Oh, uh, I Tommy, I was so close to picking up Johnu Smith instead of Cameron Bray. Yeah, which which you know, that's t- that's close. That's tough. Um, but I didn't mind the Cameron Bray pickup, but. Jack, Odell Beckham Jr., only 770, again, against the Patriots with Baker Mayfield throwing it to you. I, I don't expect much more, but you have to play Odell Beckham Jr. Stefan Diggs has been great now, 1580, 143 yards. That's a that's the bright spot. James White, I mean, James White, what a, what a consistent guy. What do what, we, what, what, what? how do we forget? Every year? I mean, In the draft. Yeah, yeah, every year it's like, he falls, and it's just like, I mean, he is a perfect flex play. He's the perfect flex play. High floor, super consistent, really no risk. Um, so Can easily get two touchdowns in any game. Exactly. 
has has some serious upside with the with the offense like the Patriots have. Um, but yeah, for Greg, he's two and six now, um, and I, I I mean clearly he's just sticking with what he has. The Browns are past their bye, so I would not. I would. I mean, he's not going to change anything. But Jack, they play in Denver next week, <laughs> so that might not be good. It's probably not going to be good. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. What, what else do we say about Greg's team? I, I like. It's it is what it is. He bet on the on the on the Browns, and it has not been working out. Outside of that, he's got some good pieces. I mean, like I said, Diggs has been better. Westbrook until today was pretty good. McCoy hasn't been great, but he's the starting running back for the Chiefs. Duke Johnson's been getting more involved. He's got a good defense in Minnesota. But, I mean, he had a good tight end until Jared Cook got injured, and then he he pivoted from him and and has been sticking with Dawson Knox. But, yeah. um, Yeah, I like Duke Johnson on his bench. He definitely is, is, uh, you know, could see his usage and utilization increase as the season goes on. But not a lot of upside for... For Greg's team, like I said, I like Justin's team. I, I look for him to get the win next week, and I look for Greg to ride off into the sunset that is the uh, no playoffs. But Greg, love you, love having you in the league. You you went all in on the Browns, and there was really no turning back. Well, there could have been, but you didn't turn back. And yeah, now it's now it's a little too late to turn back. Now there's no turning yep. back. Now there's no turning back. Yep, you put all your chips in. And uh, you bet the house on the Browns, and didn't work out. Better luck next season. Um, all right, moving on to the next matchup. Shall we? Shall we dance? Let's go to uh, Louis versus Kyle. Kyle's going to take this one, barring an absolute Minneapolis miracle for Louis. Kyle changed his team name to Fitzmagic before tonight. Uh, it worked. It brought him good luck. Fitzmagic was great, or, you know, was great at least to start off. Pittsburgh, had, he has not thrown any pick sixes, which is really what he needed to avoid. So Kyle's going to take down Louie. He currently has 14,326 with Juju still going. And uh, Louie's got 12,310 with the Steelers still going. Louie's worst week of the season. So Kyle gets really lucky. He gets to face Louie without. Wow. Mar- That's Louie's worst week of the season? By a considerable amount, I think. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's that's a great week for me. That's a great week for my guys. Is that would that be your best week of the season? I mean, it's close. No, it's it's not. It's not Louis' worst week of the season. He he had a um he had that down week against you when he still he got eleven eight and took you down easily with your eighty six hundred. So. Um, but yeah, so I, I did. I did well. Yeah, I misspoke a little bit there, but it's one of his worst weeks of the season, um, you know, because he's gotten. Jeez, oh, it's just his team has been so consistent: thirteen thousand six hundred, fourteen thousand one hundred, fourteen thousand three hundred, fourteen thousand eight hundred. Then there's the eleven eight. Then it's fourteen thousand eight hundred, sixteen thousand three hundred, and now down this week with twelve three. So, Kyle didn't have to face Lamar Jackson or Ezekiel Elliott. That is good timing. On Kyle's part, to be honest, even though Louis gets a great streaming option and a great streaming result from Gardner Minshew, twenty three ninety six, but uh, 
yeah, not having to face Zeke, uh, especially when Zeke has, has really been hitting his stride. That's that's clutch for Kyle. Uh, Louis wide receivers, they do their thing. Tyler Lockett's floor, which is pretty much what he got, thirteen hundred. Sutton and Brown, those that's pretty much been their floor this year, eight seventy and seven ninety respectively. Dalvin Cook keeps beasting with twenty five sixty. Uh, Downley for Josh Jacobs with only nine ten. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham falls back to earth after his good week last week, only putting up 350. Uh, the Panthers got absolutely obliterated by the 49ers, so Joey Sly only got one field goal attempt, and uh, he made that, but it was a bad week for Joey Sly. And then streaming Pittsburgh against Miami, good option. They only, pretty disappointing to only put up 1,300 against Miami, but yeah. Oh, hey, there we go. Ryan Fitzpatrick just got sacked for a fumble. Louis back in it, only down eighteen hundred. Uh, no, Louis going to lose. Um, but I, I mean, what do we say about Louis' team? It's we're not too not worried about, about it. it. <laughs> we're not too worried about it. Uh, I like like he's got consistent wide receivers, high floors, pretty big upside. Dalvin Cook has been the second best running back in the league, only behind the one and only Christian McCaffrey. And Golden Tate's been pretty good. Gets a good performance from him, 1250 in uh, in Zeke's absence. So, yeah, Louis' team is solid. He's 7-1. and one. He's still in first, tied record-wise with Dan, but has him in overall points. So he remains the top spot. Louis is in the playoffs as he was, has been. It's been obvious for weeks now that he was going to make the playoffs. But it's, it's official. It's official. I mean... Yahoo won't consider it because Yahoo is the dumbest, but Louis in and just got to hope his team stays healthy and hope that he doesn't go up against uh, one of Anna's 19,000 or 20,000 point weeks in the playoffs. So, cause that's, that's, I think, you know, it's, that's what it's going to come down to is Louis will lose if he faces a titanic performance from someone else. Otherwise, he's he's going to be looking good. Anything else you want to add about his team? I mean, it's great. It's an amazing team. Yeah, he'll be perfectly fine until he meets Dan. Right, right. Uh, okay. Then you got Kyle's team, which Kyle moves to 5-3 and three with this win. This is a really, really big win uh, to take down Louie. Uh, falling to 4-4 four and four wouldn't have been bad for Kyle per se because... There's two. There's sorry. There's four teams that are two and six. So he would still have a two game lead over those players. Um, Kyle's with, team is good. I've been saying yeah. it all year. He's, Here's uh, the thing. Josh Allen's been solid. Julio Jones, obviously solid. Uh, not a great stretch there in the middle of the season, but another finally breaking two thousand again. And then Juju Smith Schuster putting up a big performance tonight with eighteen eighty. Jarvis Landry, he got injured in the game, but then came back in. The injury looked bad when it happened, but then he was fine, I guess. So he got 900. Um, not amazing, but a decent wide receiver three performance. Running backs disappointed a little bit this week for Kyle. Sony Michelle, Austin Eckler, neither of them breaking 1,000. Melvin Gordon barely breaking 1,000. But Jacksonville's defense really showed up against the Jets. Kyle's team, he picked up Kareem Hunt, uh tasteless if you ask me complete lack of morals but that's neither here nor there um he's got amari cooper on the bench with a buy this week i don't know i just his wide receivers are so strong i really like josh allen his running backs are the only piece where 
you never you don't really know the situation with Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon yet, and then Sony Michelle's been a little uninspiring, but a, a solid running back nonetheless. Kyle's team could could really make some noise in the playoffs. I I, I think he's got some Fitz magic in that roster. They could. They could make some noise in the playoffs. I'm going to say they don't, but Kyle does have a, a good team. He's put together a good roster. We knew from day one his wide receivers were going to be good. This is a real, I mean, it's against Miami, so absolutely take this Juju Smith-Schuster performance with, you know, like 9,000 grains of salt. But encouraging to see him get over 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, with Amari Cooper and Julio Jones, those are, Two guys that are going to have a really high floor. Well, not really high floor because Mari is probably, is probably higher than Julio Jones because Julio Jones has been known to put up some duds. But two guys with high ceilings at least. And then even if Juju Smith is going to be a volatile player and, and inconsistent and not super trustworthy with Mason Rudolph, you're fine having him as your wide receiver three. To your point, it is absolutely the running backs that are the problem because Austin Hooper continues to dominate. He is the number one tight end on the year. Um currently by a pretty significant amount, a couple thousand. Uh, he hasn't had his bye yet, which is coming up this next week. So, But even after the bye, he will probably still be the number one wide uh, tight end, that is. Yeah, it's the running backs. Eckler has still been fine, and I think Eckler... I mean, if you're Kyle, you just... you. Ha- if I'm Kyle, I'm hoping that they just are like, okay, screw Melvin Gordon. He sucks. Let's just feature Austin Eckler because Austin Eckler was amazing before Melvin Gordon came back. And Austin Eckler is a really good running back and an excellent receiver in the passing game. And so, I don't know. if just Is it crazy to say that just featuring Austin Eckler gives the Chargers the best chance to win? I have been shocked by the lack of enthusiasm in Melvin Gordon's playing since he came back. I have to believe that it's rust. Yeah, right. But Austin Eckler has looked damn good. So at the same time, I don't know. I I, I guess just for the time being, you can play them both comfortably. He doesn't really have... Well, he he does... With his current roster, he does not have a choice. Unless he's going to play... Uh, unless he has no wide receiver buys and he wants to play all four yeah. wide receivers, including Landry, and then just, but then you're so playing that's what game, scares then you're, me. Yeah, then you're playing a game of chance of who's going to have the better week, Gordon or Eckler, yeah. and I can't. I don't know. I mean, maybe it, I don't know. I got it. You got to figure Melvin Gordon's going to start looking better. He's a really good running back, or so we thought. I don't know. Or or so we thought, but yeah. Um, yeah, so the running backs is, is is the key issue for Kyle and the, 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 the fear I have for him is not the good news, the really good news is Sony Michelle, if Kyle gets into the playoffs, the Patriots are facing the Chiefs. And the Chiefs have been absolutely bleeding against running backs. So that's about the best matchup you could have for Sony Michelle. But I was gonna say the fear is that Sony Michelle has one of his touchdown list performances in the first week of the playoffs and if this Austin Eckler Melvin Gordon situation still is not worked out by then, I mean your running back situation is looking quite bad. So he would have to have some really big performances from the rest of his team to overcome that. So, but yeah, at five and three, Kyle's team's looking good, and uh, I think 
we could pretty much assume he's going to make the playoffs unless he loses out. So, yeah. Um, anything else? No, sir. Okie doke. Artichoke. Okay. Okie dokie, artichokey. Dude, I'm. They're they're running the ball with Mark Walton here, you know. If he rips what? off a, dude. If he rips off a, you know, little forty-five yard touchdown here, you're toast, dude. Uh, you're absolutely dude, toast. Forget you, man. Don't even <laughs> speak that. Don't even speak that stuff. Uh, all right, we're gonna save your matchup for last since it's still going on. Jack, Ooh, dude, what boy, is your talk? deal? What? What is your deal with acting like my matchup's still up in the air? Saving it, it for is, last. We can talk it about it tight. now, dude. It's over. It's quiched. Okay. All right. Let's talk about it now. You beat Dad with a score of 12,058. 12, no, dude. Don't jinx that. Okay? Just let's save it. <laughs> okay. Let's go to my team then. Uh, second to last matchup. Jack, the Hollywood Walruses absolutely obliterate Turd Ferguson with a score of 17,846. To Turd Ferguson's 10,570. You put the Hollywood in Hollywood Walruses this week, my friend. I mean, my goodness, was your team a truly starlit performance you had. Tom Brady, Mike Evans, DK Metcalf, Christian McCaffrey, Julian Edelman, Niners defense. I mean, that's a list of players that could propel you to the playoffs and beyond, my friend. I know you're feeling good about your team, but let me just reassure you, you should be feeling good about your team. Christian McCaffrey, I'll never forgive myself, Tommy. I mean, talk to me about how much of an impact he has made both on the field and in the locker room for your fantasy team this year. He, he is the reason we turned the season around. He is. He, was, he never got his head down. The rest of my team was really, really embarrassed with themselves in week one and two. Um, they did not show up. Christian McCaffrey showed up in a big way in week one, and then he got a little pissed off. He he kind of taught the team a lesson by not showing up in week two, and then they were like, okay, we get it. We get the memo. We understand. We got to perform better. And Jack, since then... My team's been lights out. We're talking about since starting 0-2, mentioned this stat a little bit last week, since 0-2, I am now 5-1. and 5-1, and I've won 5 out of the last 6, averaging 14,700 points per week. I've got the best running back in the NFL. I've got one of the most explosive wide receivers in the NFL. I've got... A Julian Edelman who is hitting his stride. I've got Chris Carson who's averaging 20 carries a game, 20 plus carries a game over the last four or five weeks. They're looking to ship out Rashad Penny, which only solidifies his hold in the backfield for Chris Carson even more. I've got the second best defense in the league. San Francisco has been amazing. Tommy, I've got. Can I? What's up? Can I jump in here? I need to give you a friendly piece of advice here. And this is brother to brother, JR to TJ. 
You can't trust Corey Davis. I know what the reports say. Okay. Oh, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, the Titans. Oh, Corey Davis, talented, high draft pick. I've been down that road. Look at me. Do you want to? Do you want to become this? Okay. Don't trust Corey Davis. That's up there. Honestly, it's up there on my right next to don't trust a Patriots running back. I am the latest victim to the Corey Davis roller coaster. Um, you know, he had a good week last week. Shame on me, honestly, but I thought the one the one caveat is that I thought potentially with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback that something could start there. Corey Davis was a one-week play. I had Gallup and Brown on buys. And in retrospect, I should have played Sanders or Singletary, but I didn't trust either of them. Bad matchups for both of them. And, I mean, I don't know. You tell me, Jack. Sanders puts up 22-26. He got... He touched the ball seven times. Devin Singletary puts up 12-90, but he only touches the ball seven times as well. He got three rushes and four catches. Like... Yeah, I mean, Sanders, I'm there with you. Sanders, Sanders doesn't have the consistent opportunity that you want, you know, a starting running back he, to have. He doesn't, but get this, Jack. Sanders is very, very, very quietly the 20th ranked running back on the season. He has outscored Sony Michelle. He has outscored James Conner. He has outscored Le'Veon Bell. Wild, right? Yeah, I did not expect that at all. Is it just because of the like big touchdown plays he gets? He he he's just he's just been surprisingly consistent. Like he's he's his floor has been like six hundred. I think he got six hundred last week, and outside of that, you know, this was his best performance so far with the, with the twenty two hundred. But yeah, he's just he's got big play upside and. He started off really bad with 320, but then it's 728, 1376, 1028, 936, 1730, 618, 2226. So, like, since week one, I mean, that's a really, really good flex play. That's a really solid flex option. And I just, I just, I don't, every single week, I don't trust it because against Minnesota, he puts up 1730. He got three carries. He got six carries against Dallas. He got three carries against Buffalo. But in six touches, he put up like 118 yards or something silly like that. And meanwhile, Jordan Howard's getting like 30 carries a game. So I just, I didn't trust it. I should have. I shouldn't have played Corey Davis. But that was the one bad decision. Uh, Didn't pay for it. Didn't even come close to paying for it because my team is dominant right now. Yeah, I mean... Like you said, don't even have to think about the shoulda, coulda, woulda because your team put up just under 18,000, a huge performance. Puts Drew at 5-3, and three, so you're even with him now, both at 5-3. and three. You will outrank him in points four, so that moves you comfortably, my friend. You'll be in third place. Yeah, oh yeah, yep. I'm going to be I'm gonna be in third place, dude. I, I'm, my team... Has been scoring a lot. I'm 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 now the third highest scoring team, only behind Louie and Anna. And yeah, talk about an alpha Four. one one two three, huh? Louie, Dan, Tommy, an absolute alpha pack. 
at the top of the Ton Puck this league this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I will say, just to um, – I was because I was looking at my team. I know I'm being biased talking about my own team, but I've got the six-wink – six-wink? I've got the six-winked wide receiver. I have the sixth-ranked quarterback on the season. I've got – Wide receiver five in Mike Evans. I got wide receiver seven in Julian Edelman. I got wide. I got running back one in Chris Carson. I got running back eight in uh, no, sorry, one in Christian McCaffrey. Eight in Chris Carson. I got the number three tight end in Darren Waller, and I got the number two defense in San Francisco. I'm feeling good. I just hope this can keep up, man. I'm 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 riding this this I, you know it's always luck in fantasy football, but I'm riding this wave and. I'm hey, hoping I can keep that going. Absolutely, dude. I'm right there with you. Also at five and three. I mean, we our teams I think are right on the same level. Um, we can move on to my matchup now because just like Whoa. you, I moved Check. to five and three. Hold, hold on, hold on. We literally have said nothing about Drew's team. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> about Drew's team. Wait, we have to talk about Drew's team. Okay, we fine. Do, uh, we do I, said, I said he I... moved to five and three. <laughs> I covered that. Let me let me take the lead here real quick. Oh, um, uh, fine. Michael Thomas has been the extreme bright spot for Drew's team. Twenty one eighty. Michael Thomas is the wide receiver one on the year. Awesome stuff. He's been so consistent, and now with Drew Brees back, his ceiling is a little bit higher. His consistency should stay the same. So that's awesome. Calvin Ridley has a better week with uh, with Matt Ryan on the bench. Uh, they got down 24 nothing in the first half, and so Matt Schaub ended up throwing for, like, I think over 400 yards. And Ridley, Jones, and Hooper all feasted because of it. Did not mind the Philip Dorsett play. Uh, unfortunately, he did not get a touchdown this week, unfortunately for Drew. Really tough matchup for Derrick Henry. He also got the he lost a fumble, so really eight eighty for Derrick Henry. When you consider he didn't get a touchdown, would have been fine. Uh, Matt Breida only five fifty. It was the Tevin Coleman show, and Matt Breida also got injured a little bit. Travis Kelsey gets back on the board with a receiving touchdown. He puts up fourteen thirty. Decent game from Devontae Parker currently with two minutes left, only seven ninety. Bears defense has not been good, man. Only 800. Uh, I thought it was going to be worth the early draft pick for Drew. That has not turned out to be the case. So Drew's team sliding a little bit. We got three weeks in a row now since his massive 20,000-point performance. We got three weeks in a row where Drew's had bad weeks. He got an incredibly lucky win against Anna. I don't know if you remember that that that, that week right after they both scored over 20,000. They both got under 10,000 and Drew incredibly got the victory so he's really he's actually super lucky to be five and three because he could easily be four and four and he'd be sliding in the wrong direction so i don't know i like i don't know you know he tried to he tried to plug and play Kirk cousins i know it was technically a good matchup and again i I know a lot of experts like that play but i was super happy when i saw drew was playing Kirk cousins on thursday night i just had a feeling that it was going to be all Dalvin Cook, and uh, and I was right. So um, he actually had a good good quarterback performance, but it didn't show up in the fantasy stat line. Um, yeah, I I would assume Matt Ryan is going to be back after the bye. 
Drew's got nothing at the running back position. I guess he can be excited now about Kenyon Drake getting traded to the Cardinals. But, I mean, Drew's team is really solid at wide receiver and tight end, but really incredibly weak at the running back position. Yeah, I mean, I think to say incredibly weak, like Matt Breed is still in a good situation, and if he can, he was a limited part participant in practice today, so he'll probably suit up against the Cardinals on Thursday, and in that case, like, that's a good that's a good play. Like, the 49ers might just run all over the Cardinals uh, on Thursday night. But yeah, Derrick Henry, since that week one explosion, he's been fine, but he's not a he has not been a running back one since that that week one explosion and now two out of the last three weeks have been down weeks he's got two better matchups against Carolina and Kansas City before the bye so hopefully he can turn it around with uh get get back in the end zone the next two weeks for Drew but um yeah maybe Kenyon Drake can be something um with Will Fuller out he's got he loses a little bit of firepower in that wide receiver core and um I mean Edelman's the guy in in New England so it's going to be weeks like this for for Dorsett unless he gets a touchdown and with the way they run the ball and the way that Tom Brady is locked in on Julian Edelman, um, it's not a, it's not, Dorsett's not going to be a consistent starter for him. I don't think, uh, especially with Sanu being signed. Um, yeah, it, it's hopefully Drew can get back on the right track, but we got three bad weeks in a row for him now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's probably still, a decent like he's probably still going to make the playoffs um but it's going to be a tough week for him next week he's going to be without michael thomas and calvin ridley so uh he's going to need to i mean he's going to have to pick up a wide receiver and then his two starting wide receivers are going to be philip dorsett and uh Devontae parker so have fun with that but yeah i i don't know it's i think i think better days are ahead for drew's team i think He's having a little bit of regression, and uh, hopefully it'll be a po- positive regression uh, in the next few weeks for him. Oh, and it is official, ladies and gentlemen. The Monday night game has concluded. Goff, Goff, pass, takes the victory, 12,058 points, to Terminator and Death by Me's 10,998 points. A W for Goff, Goff, pass, yours truly, moving me to 5-3. and three. Um, feels great, feels really great. Led by our fearless leader Jared Goff with twenty two eighty eight. Tyrell Williams back from injury, putting up sixteen sixty. Uh, that was exciting. Big play touchdown there that really helped his score. Saquon Juice Pads Barkley twenty four thirty back to true Saquon form. And then Tennessee's defense, a great stream by me. I've been rocking the defensive <laughs> streams this year. Uh, putting up 16.50, pretty solid. Joe Mixon, people were down on him. Finally putting up 15.70. Massive performance from Joe Mixon. Um, that's honestly got to feel, that's got to feel great. And I'm not even oh, yeah. joking. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and I'm not either. It's it's massive for him. <laughs> Jack, I did. I just went to check, and uh, congratulations on eclipsing twelve thousand for the first time since week two. <laughs> Let's all get a round of applause together for Jack. He eclipsed twelve thousand. First time since week two. 
Listen, dude, you're always pulling up your specific numbers, cherry-picking stats from left field and right field, dude. You can't define my season by your your number book. I'm 5-3. and three. You are, dude. This is the softest 5-3 and three team I think we've ever had in this league. <laughs> dude, you are so lucky to be 5-3. and three. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I mean, the thing is, is like, I don't know that your team is that bad, but it has been a bad stretch. It's been a bad stretch. And for you to come out on the other side of this bad stretch at five and three, I mean, yeah, that's My really team's good for primed. You. My team's yeah. primed. Jared Goff yeah. is a monster, an absolute monster against the Bengals. Tyrell Williams, like I said, Saquon Barkley, like I said. Those three guys, I mean... That's tough to beat. T.Y. Hilton had a down week with only 640, but that's the Broncos' defense. Just really solid. Not worried about him. Marvin Jones Jr. doing what Marvin Jones Jr. does best, following up a 3,830-point performance with a 420-point performance against the Giants. So not like it was a matchup thing. Um, nope. Nope. Really good matchup. My and, uh... goodness. He loves doing that. I benched him when he went off, and I played him, and then he, he does that. Chase Edmonds was the most disappointing performance of the week for me. Only 230 because he goes down with an injury. Really, really unfortunate because he was gearing up to be their starter. I mean, it does not seem like David Johnson is healthy. They were giving Chase Edmonds a lot of opportunity. Really unfortunate for him to go down with a hamstring injury that's going to keep him out for at least a couple weeks. He'll be out. You figure he'll be out at least... At least a few weeks. Hamstring injuries are no joke, especially for a running back. So, and with them signing Drake, it's not like I mean you gotta anticipate that they're expecting Edmonds and Johnson to be out multiple weeks. Um, otherwise, you know the signing doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But yeah, I mean, here's the thing: I like T. Y. Hilton a lot. Like you said, Tyrell Williams when he's been in, he's been awesome. Uh, Saquon Barkley, stud. You're going to get Mark Andrews back, so you won't have to worry about streaming your tight end anymore. Unless he starts to be really bad, you're just going to set Mark Andrews in your lineup and forget it. I think Robbie Anderson still has some upside. New York Jets' offense gets a little softer. There are also some trade rumors swirling around. Maybe Robbie Anderson gets dealt, which might be best case scenario, especially if he goes to a contender with a good quarterback. Um, that would be a lot. That that's that would be a lot of fun. Um, and now Keenan Allen, Jack. I mean, I know like you. Kudos to you for sitting him. I mean, you should have played him over Marvin Jones, but the matchup didn't really warrant that. And Keenan Allen's been battling some injuries, and what you know, what else is new with Keenan Allen? But Dude, it's been bad for Keenan Allen since his massive week where you declared he'd be the number one wide receiver. I just keep waiting for him yeah. to turn around, and that's really all that he can a, do. That's a tough take in retrospect. That's a really tough take that I gave there. Yeah. I mean, his first three weeks were huge. And yeah. It all looked so promising. I mean, 10 targets, 15 targets, 17 targets. So, yeah, sorry. I got a little excited. But he's followed that up. I mean, at least the targets are back up. He he had five targets, six targets, six targets, which is not great. But then these last two weeks, he had 11 targets and 10 targets. But still, 
only 800 points. I need him to be the guy. They've had a tough schedule, I guess, but, I mean, it's not getting any better anytime soon. I don't know. It's disappointing because I did have very high hopes for him. I'm going to keep playing him, though. I mean, I only sat him because Bears are really good, and he had a hamstring thing, and his coach was basically like, we're going to play him, but not use him. I was just trying to avoid a goose egg. I was going for someone with a higher floor. I actually played it, played Tyrell Williams instead of him. I'd never considered playing Marvin Jones, you know, because he was playing the Giants and he just scored 3,800. Yeah, you were chasing those points, chasing the matchup, but this is this has been what this has been Marvin Jones the last few years. He will dud and he will stud. Um, but yeah, five and three, you've got you've got a solid foundation. I'm not so sure about Jared Goff. He, to me, is matchup dependent. So. Uh, We'll see what he what he does moving forward. He's uh, not always going to have soft matchups like Cincinnati and uh, and Atlanta like he has the last two weeks. So we'll see if he can continue being good against better teams. You're five and three, and because of that, you're looking great. If if Keenan Allen turns it around, which I think he will, I think it's only a matter of time. Hopefully for you, it's sooner rather than later. If Joe Mixon can keep being utilized in in a, in a good way. I like the that he got four catches. Um, it's good to see him back, get back in the end zone. And, yeah, with him and Barkley, you hope that that's enough. And then, yeah, I mean, you got Royce Freeman, who has been fine. I mean, he's been a fine flex option for you. So it's just been, yeah, it's been a down portion of your season. I think uh, I think you could definitely be primed to to take off uh, the latter part of this, especially getting away with the bad stretch. I think uh, you're going to make the playoffs and uh, your team could really hit their stride when the playoffs come. I mean, you don't really want... Here's the thing is you don't want to be in your stride now. Dan Dan mentioned it to me the other day. It seems like the teams that start off hot or the teams that get hot in the middle of the season, which has happened to Louie a lot... They don't stay hot for for 16 weeks. I mean, that's just not realistic. I mean, some teams are just, they just continue it. But more often than not, you're going to have the lulls at least at some point. And for you, you're having the lull at the right time. You got away with it. So I imagine you're feeling pretty good because your team does have upside. I mean, you've got receivers that have tremendous upside and you've got running backs that have tremendous upside. So I like where you're at. Thanks, bro. We're both at five and three on top of playoff mountain currently. Definitely could fall from grace, but we'll see. Man, long episode. Sorry, guys, but not sorry because I'm sure you guys are loving it, rolling around, laughing. Um, Justin, thanks so much for the editing. I mean, the crowd here has been. We've tried, Tommy. I mean, we took your advice. I've sent a few people out, but they will not relent. They will not quiet down. So sorry if I've been tough to hear this episode. The crowd here in Miami, Florida has been vibrant and electric and eccentric. And we're excited to be here talking fantasy football. JR and TJ, Tommy from Tucson. Uh, great episode, man. Thanks for being here, bringing the podcast national. Um, Can I cut you off for a second? Yes, please. Because I, I was wondering, I I was waiting to see if you were if you were closing things out. We we haven't talked about Dad's team, dude. 
you, oh you, you, keep, you, keep, you keep you keep trying to end these matchups without talking about why do gonna... we oh my god drew's team dad's team they're not listening okay i'm gonna dad... i'm gonna drew hey drew listens i know i don't think dad it does but drew definitely listens and we hey we love you drew um Tommy loves you, Drew. I'm I'm gonna go through Dad's team really quick. Great stream, Matt Stafford, twenty four thirty eight. Dad Dad's in a in a tough spot right now. He has been battling injuries at the wide receiver position. Sterling Shepard, since his concussion, has not played. Devonta Adams has been out now four weeks in a row, four or five. He had Dak Prescott on a bye and Mark Ingram on a bye, so he was he was searching for options this week. Goes with Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin, and Auden Tate. Uh, none of them have good games. Ro- okay, Robert Woods has been incredibly disappointing for Dad. You just wait and hope that that turns around, but you have to lower your expectations for Robert, Robert Woods. He is not a wide receiver one. He's not even close to a wide receiver one. It's all Cooper Cup in L.A. right now. Yeah, you George- do You do think that uh, Brandon going down with, a, with an injury could help Robert Woods, but certainly... It's long gone are the days where Robert Woods was sort of in the conversation for the Rams' best wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Cooper Cup has taken that and ran with it. Uh, so if you're dad, you hope he can turn that around. And if you're dad, you really hope that Devontae Adams plays next week. Dad desperately needs a win. He's Like we mentioned, he's playing Scott, so that is going to be a huge matchup. It would be very big if he could have Devontae Adams back next week. Uh, George Kittle remains a beast. Six catches for 86 yards. Does not get in the end zone, but you're happy with 11.60. Christian Kirk back and healthy. That's good for Dad. He has been what Larry Fitzgerald used to be for the Cardinals, getting eight catches for 79 yards. Uh, Dan Bailey was amazing with 1,800, but yeah, really, really bad week for his running backs. Mark Walton, 490, and Ronald Jones, 590. Um yeah, hopefully Mark Ingram comes back and is great because right now, oof. Oh, my God, Dad's running backs look terrible right now. I mean, you're not going to win a single matchup starting Mark Walton and Ronald Jones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you're really grasping at straws when you're playing those two. Jeez Louise. Um Hopefully, uh, for Jerry McLaurin, uh, Case Keenum can come back because Jerry McLaurin had 590 points with Case Keenum in the game. He got was evaluated for a concussion, and when Haskins came in, it was absolutely nothing. So, yeah, Dad's strong suit was the wide receiver position, but with Robert Woods underperforming and Devontae Adams and Sterling Shepard out with injury, it's just been it's been tough for Dad. He falls to two and six. He's not looking great right now. I do still believe, especially with Dak Prescott coming back from a bye, he's been great. Hopefully Mark Ingram can be awesome, although he does play against the Patriots this week, which is not great. But yeah, Dad has some serious firepower on his team. He needs Devontae Adams back next week, or he's going to be in some serious trouble against Scott. Um, so yeah, here we are again. We This is a very long episode. We're definitely over an hour and 15 minutes, so... Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you listen to it at one and a half speed. Uh, or if you're an insane person like Jack, you listen to, to it at two times speed. I recommend listening to it at two times speed, ladies and gentlemen. It Absurd. really, really Absurd. brings the energy up. Absurd. Uh, yeah, so we've got, like we said, five weeks left. Incredibly important matchups for everyone that is two and six. Those four teams all desperately need to win. 
Um, and then for Anna and Brian at three and five, they were nowhere near close to out of the woods. Uh, Brian has to go up against Louie, who just had a down week and will be getting Lamar Jackson and Zeke Elliott back from bye. So, oh my God, good luck, Brian, because I would not pick you to get that victory. And similarly, although not as bad, Anna has to go up against Dan's team. Uh, now, the good news for Anna is that David Johnson is out and Drew Brees and Tyler Boyd are both on buys. So, yeah, you're going to be facing a Sam Darnold against Miami and you're going to be facing Greg Olson and who knows, Adam Thielen might not even be a guaranteed to play. So, Anna could be facing Dan at the right time. So, but yeah, really big matchups for them as well. And then the top six teams, all five and three or above, we can kind of take a breather. Me, you, Kyle, and, and Drew, all at five and three, we can kind of take a breather. And a loss this week for any of us would not be bad. So we can relax a bit. But yeah, great episode, Jack. Uh, really nice to get back to the basics. We loved having Dan on last week. We loved having Scott on the week before. We missed you, Jack. We missed you when you were gone in Russia. But, uh, yeah, great to get back to the basics with you. Absolutely, sir. Nothing better than talking fantasy football. JR and TJ here every week during the season to bring you fantasy football goodness. It's been a joy. It's been a pleasure. Great episode. Justin, thanks for the great editing. Anna, thanks for the great executive producing. Always in partnership with Kason Productions. Tommy, any final words for the people? No, no, Jack. Get get us the heck out of here. We have kept these people on for too long. No final words, ladies and gentlemen. We've given all the wisdom we can for one day. Tune in next time. And better. <laughs> and you better. And you better listen up. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Well. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Let's talk fantasy football. Do <laughs> do